Hey everybody, welcome to Quotes and Stuff with the Kennedy Bros. Oh, Afternoon. Hello. Oh, I, I just made up a word there, but I didn't hear what TJ said. <laughs> I just said why hello. Why Would you hello? believe okay. I was the I was the the normal one this oh, time. Oh, we, we really we really should should have done a hello there for, for hello this episode. There. It would have worked. <laughs> but uh, I am your host, Nate. This is TJ. And I'm Christian. And this is the podcast where we talk about movies, comics, TV shows, and stuff. And, be- <laughs> <laughs> and before we get any further, we have time codes in the description if you want to skip around to different parts of our episode. But yeah, we're here. Christian, do you want to start us off with our opening question? Yes. So the question of the week is, what is your favorite uh, Star Wars alien species? Or species, if you pronounce it that way. And obviously there's a connection to um, the episode with this question, if you haven't seen <laughs> the title already. But. And uh, Nate, Nate, why don't you start us off? You, you want me to start us off? Yeah. Okay. We always go last. Exactly. We steal your, your answer, so we don't do that. You know, I had an answer in the front, but now I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm completely going to switch it up. Oh, uh, switcheroo. I'm going to go with a uh, Rodian. You know, Greedo was a Rodian. Oh, there's lots of Rodians wow, out that there. That is a choice. You kill lots of Rodians. <laughs> Greedo in, uh, shot first? Nope. Han shot yeah. first. <laughs> but uh, you, you kill lots of Rodians in Star Wars, Jedi Knight, Jedi 2, Jedi Outcast. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. So uh, you like them because you kill a lot of them. Well, they're on Narshada a lot. But, uh, yeah, Narshada. And they're always trying to kill you. Yeah. They're, they're, they're never really good. Actually, th- there's one one moment where they're good in uh, Solo when mm-hmm. uh, Emphasis, Emphis, Emphis nests. Well, that's hard to say. Yeah. When uh, all of her rebels take off their helmets, one of them is a Rodian. So Ooh, there is we, a good Rodian, but uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. They're they're kind of just the, one of the classic aliens that you see them. They and you're are. like, oh, it's a Rodian. You know, they're they're fun loving. Usually, one of them's probably gonna die, but you know, they're 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 there. They're there, and they're they're sometimes funny. So yeah, I'm gonna go a, with a Rodian, an OG alien from from the original Star Wars. I like it. Okay, TJ, okay. what do you got for us? Now, you guys are going to have to help me out because I can't remember the specific uh, race that they're called in the comics, but it's the one Quinlan Voss duels with Ayla Secura, the ones that have the, um, the Cortosis alloy blades, uh, and it's the father and the son. Um, uh, you know what I'm talking about? I Ooh. know exactly what you're talking about. Give me about five seconds to look up the name because I, I know the... The, the oh evil aliens. my gosh! That well, that's a digging. You're talking about from Legacy, right? Like the Legacy uh, Legends. Stuff. Le- excuse me, Legends. I don't know why yeah. I said Legacy. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like uh, not quite Legacy, but yes, the Legends one. Those are the the oh, ones I, I'm checking. I don't they're, know. Not, I don't think they're called Mergulet. They're called Morgaki, maybe. I think it's actually Morgaki. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. The Morgaku or something like that. The uh, sorry, the Wikipedia is failing me because the, the comic that I know it's in, the plot summary is just uh, not, non-existent. Dang, I, yeah, I'm, I don't even know what they're called, to tell you the truth, but that's a, a, good, uh, um, a good take back to reading some of those, uh, yeah, those Legends comics, were, which were fantastic, and some of Alo Secura's and Quinlan Voss's adventures. But we'll get back to you on the exact naming of that, but we're thinking it's this name, Alien Race, starts with an M. <laughs> yeah okay and and i just just because they're super cool because they're literally made to kind of uh become the best warriors and specifically to be able to kill jedi and so 
they're really cool. Uh, and they never really went anywhere with them and yeah. anything else I've never seen them, which is too bad. Yeah, it's uh, TJ was right. It's the Morguki. It's M-O-R-G-U-K-A-I. Yeah, yeah we'll go with that. Morguki. Okay. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, they're kind of horned creatures in the sense they kind of remind, they're, uh, they kind of actually are similar tra- to Trandoshans, I would say. But uh, they're very uh, a very warrior proud race as well. Mm, that, okay. Uh, uh, only the fittest will survive. But that, that's a that's a good choice. I know there our our description probably isn't helping our listeners out there. But uh, and based like, off the yeah, spelling, I never read that book, so I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> based off the spelling, just you know, go look up an image on it. They look they look pretty cool. So that, that not a bad choice, TJ. Good choice. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, for me, I I had a couple of different ones that I was. Uh, debating back and forth. I like the Chiss. Um, That's a good one. I mm-hmm. like, uh, well, and for, for obvious reasons, uh, they look cool. And uh, we have Admiral Thrawn as one of them, and he's just a fantastic character. Um, I also, uh, I also really like the, the, the Dath, not the Dathomir witches, the um, but the Dathomirian Zabrik. So Darth Maul's um, character, right? His species. I thought they're really cool. And in Clone Wars, you get a little better look at some of uh, both of them uh, or the different types of, of species. There's not just like the, the red horned uh, mall type, but you also kind of have yellow and orange and um, different colored uh, skins of, uh, of that species. But I think I'm going to have to go with a classic <laughs> species from the OG Star Wars, the Gamorreans. Um, um, they're, the Gamorreans. They're, they're just kind of, you know, they're, they're the... They're the pigs with horns and crazy teeth. They're, you know, the guards uh, of Jabba the Hutt. They're in a lot of desert planets in, in, the, in the movies, um, but they're kind of all over the place in, in, in the Star Wars universe. And they're kind of brainless, um, but they... Uh, Piggies, we called them. They, they, love a, they love a good fight, and they're always big. And, and not, I wouldn't say, I say they're durable, not necessarily tough, but I like the Gamorreans. <laughs> Remember, there's the two Gamorrean battles in, in The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 1. That's um, true. I, w- I was about to say, like, do we get Gamorreans outside of uh, episode Tatooine. six? But uh, I was about to just mention they're in the Mandalorian because you don't see a ton of Gamorreans around in the galaxy besides yeah. at Jabba's palace. So yeah, they're yeah. They're, <laughs> they're spread throughout some of the comics too, where they just kind of show up and and they're fighting. I um they're in um. If you guys recall back to a long time ago now, um, in the Darth Maul comic, the there's Darth a Gamorrean um, guard. Gamorrean guard, I believe. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that Darth I'm, Maul kills. <laughs> yeah, Darth Maul kills very easily. So, the mm-hmm. Gamorrean uh, is my my favorite species. So, all right. None okay. Okay. I, I could have sworn TJ was going to go with the Duros, but he didn't. Ooh. To my surprise. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I was maybe going to go with the Nagri um, from Legends. Like the Darth Vader's assassins. What, um, what about the, the huts? You guys don't like the huts. <laughs> uh, none of us chose the Thorians. Yeah, I we, thought one of us was going to choose the Thorians. Thorians, but even deeper track, not even the Selkiths. <laughs> or the Mon Calamari. Come on, guys. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, there's just a, there's a lot, a lot out there. So <laughs> too, too but, many uh, to choose from but yeah, let this us, is true let us know uh what is your guys's to our listeners out there what's your guys's favorite alien race from star wars because there there's there's a lot that yeah, we didn't mention you, and if you guys aren't familiar with all of them um just by us naming them that's okay we're uber nerds so we are familiar with them um so don't <laughs> don't feel bad by uh by any means <laughs> so uh toydarians that's another one i was gonna say 
Mind um, tricks don't work on me. Daddy Only money. <laughs> so, that's another funny one. Fan and favorites. <laughs> but uh, yeah, before we get moving forward, Nate, should I... Uh, should I? Oh no, we got a re- uh, reveal quote from last week. I was about to play. I was just, I'm, I'm, I was getting anxious. I really wanted to play the quote for this week. Oh no, Here, TJ is back and is uh, he, he's sweating a little bit. We'll so see last, how much we can make him sweat. Last week we the did the old man Logan comic. We did. Oh, oh no, I know we did something with old, an old man. Um, Nate. T- take a stab. No. Take a stab is, at it really quick it, before I reveal it, TJ. It's not. He is too old. No, I. I have no idea. I have no so, idea. So this is a actor. It's Hugh Jackman in this, but the movie oh, more scary. Oh no! It's Night at the Museum Three. That's yeah, there what it was. Night at the Museum Three. Uh, Dang it! One of the characters rushes into uh, a play. I think the the character is Lancelot. And Hugh Jackman is pretending to be an English dude, but then the the Lancelot causes an abruption. Everyone's leaving. And so Hugh Jackman is like, okay, you don't want to mess with me. So he pretends to pull out the Wolverine claws, but in real life, he is not Wolverine. And so <laughs> she's, like, wait, wait. she's like, what are you doing? He's like, uh, yeah, he's just Wolverine doing, doing his Wolverine thing. Or they, not the girl, but he's like, oh, he's doing his Wolverine thing. He's like, oh, yeah. But um, yeah, obviously the connection where, there was we did Old Man Logan, who's played by Hugh Jackman, mm-hmm. and Hugh Jackman was doing his Wolverine thing in yeah. Night of the Museum 3. Yeah, um, and uh, the uh, the question about what hobbies, what we'd want to do when we're old people, old man Logan, hopefully that caught on for most of you, but if not, now you know. <laughs> but Dang. let's get the quote going for Okay, okay. we'll just say this, though. That's we're, one zero for yeah, the competition. I was about to say, last episode, we're, like, we're going to start keeping score of how many times <laughs> okay. TJ gets it right, and now he is down. He is I 0-1. Now one. in behind. <laughs> oh, man. Dang okay. It. Well, I'll uh, I'll get our our clip going for this week. Quiet down, people. My name is Mr. Abignale. That's Abignale, not Abignali, not Abignali, but Abignale. Now, somebody please tell me where you left off in your textbooks. Excuse me, people. If I need to ask again, I'm going to write up the entire class. Take your seats. All right. That is uh, the quote for this week. We'll play it once again at the end of the podcast and reveal it at the beginning of the next episode. But before we move well, actually, we are moving on to our next segment. We're uh, going to be <laughs> talking about the news for this week. And we got a couple trailers that came out, a couple, a couple photos for some interesting things that I'm sure people, many people are excited for. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's start with trailers. Uh, we'll start with, uh, I guess, the shorter one first. Not really a trailer, more of a preview yeah uh, stranger things season four released released uh, a little clip it's about 30 seconds and only about five seconds of new footage but still gives <laughs> yeah. us uh, a new <laughs> chance to to see uh, the characters in this upcoming season yeah it's so yeah. quick it was so quick watching it, you're like uh did they did they really give us anything at all no they showed like no L once and they showed hopper being bald with a gun so we really like have no idea what is going on um but i so guess hopper's, a little disappointing but i guess hopper's alive if you've just finished season three so yeah. but yeah. yeah so actually i did just finish season three this week and the entire time i was crying but i'm like he he's not actually dead like they kill a lot of people in the show but they can't actually kill hop i'm no very one's, glad to no one's ever really gone 
Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to family. <laughs> well, actually, maybe, like, yeah, Barb was just a friend. Uh, what's no, no, it? wait, Billy dies. Billy's yeah, family. Billy's for sure dead. He but Billy's not back. part of the group. Good riddance. <laughs> yeah, Kim's <laughs> the worst. But, well, uh, I'm sure we'll do an episode on Stranger Things before the fourth season comes out. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. I am uh, fully cultured now, everyone. <laughs> he finally is. But uh, it looks like uh, still no official release date for Stranger Things uh, season four, but it looks like it's going to be heading out uh, early of 2022. I, I mean, they got to get it out soon because, I mean, I guess they've already done the film before, but all the, <laughs> the, all the actors are, are yeah, it's, it's going to be like <laughs> Harry Potter to the extreme, right? Where Harry, all the Harry Potter characters <laughs> were 25 or whenever when they finished filming. I don't know. I'm just making up a number, but yeah, the kids are going to get. A little too old too. So. <laughs> the kids are gonna get a. Uh, kids are gonna old. die. Hopper's gonna die <laughs> out of old age, not because of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they've talked about how they they have the end in sight. So I imagine maybe two seasons. I would say one more season after this, and then yeah, they would market so that as the last season. Unless they want to just so. to make this season the last season and never tell anyone. Yeah, that, well, would that would be, be uh, rad. I had too much money involved. The marketing does not agree with that. That's right. But uh, the other big trailer that we got this week was uh, the Venom, another trailer for Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. With yeah. uh, emphasis on a lot more scene of carnage in this trailer. Yeah, significant amount of carnage. Not like gross carnage, but literally carnage the character. So just for those <laughs> of you who are, are not familiar with him. Um, cool to see. Uh, I thought um, in the trailer, yeah, we got to see a lot of him, and he he looked awesome. He looked super evil and gnarly, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that uh, my hope is that we see him more than Woody Harrelson throughout the film, right? I think just I just think Woody Harrelson is not fit for this type of role, and even when they showed him briefly in with his horrible hair and horrible outfit, <laughs> um, he's like, "Oh, I'm not crazy. I'm just." vengeful or something like that and i'm like oh my gosh dude you're lying like i know the lines aren't good but you can't carry the lines either as a villain so hopefully we just see carnage uh is my point of view like carnage (laughs) as the character and no woody harrelson that would be very nice yeah right right now i'm worried that we're not going to see the there's not going to be as much of a story in terms of how he becomes carnage i don't care as much about that um it does look like they're just kind of reverting back to the exact same thing in the first story or the first movie where it's like Venom and Eddie are kind of a little bit enemies because he's like you're mm-hmm. a loser kind of thing. and I'm like eh, I thought we were supposed to have overcome that yeah kind is of it because so, he a loser too right but yeah exactly so I'm I'm a little worried that we're uh, the story is not regressing but again we're not really going to Venom for the story as much per se we're there more yeah. for the humor and action so yeah, true I, I think it'll deliver so far okay yeah um uh yeah, I just think, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a Venom. First Venom wasn't great, but entertaining. Hopefully that's what uh, we can get uh, with the second Venom. Probably not super great, but hopefully entertaining. And uh, yeah. I, I just want to point out, TJ has been dog-sitting the, the past couple weeks, so the, the dogs you hear in the background are that. So for, oh, for are we not the, able to edit that out? Well, no, because when you talk, they're still barking. So with the parts where you don't talk, I can edit that out. But when you are talking and then they're barking, uh, it, that, that part you can't really edit out without cutting <laughs> okay. you out entirely. So I, I just so wanted when to... when they bark, I need to be quiet. I'll, I'll get that. They should be done now. I don't know what the crap they're barking at. But, gonna... but for all our listeners out there, that's just like, what the heck's going on? Yeah, just, just some dogs in the background, just I was, FYI. I was going to try and make some dog connection to 
to what we're talking about in the movie, but I, I'm like, I, I can't. We're talking about carnage right now. So <laughs> you crazy yeah. dog. You crazy dog. <laughs> it wasn't going to work. but no. Yeah, but uh, we'll move on with uh, more pieces of news. Uh, I think this is really interesting. So for the writer of Godzilla versus Kong, he talks about how for, for the next MonsterVerse movie, he would like to do it with no human characters. And I got to say, what? I am 100% behind this. Make a MonsterVerse movies without any any human characters How's because that? they're the worst worst yeah, part of the movie. True, but they're they're the only ones that can speak and like, I, I, yeah, I understand the plot is already poor to begin with, but they guide the almost non-existent plot with monsters <laughs> and, and and just monsters. The monsters don't talk, right? Are they going to be doing like well, may, subtitles on little... what they're supposed to be saying down low or what's going but, on but, here? Hear me. Well, I'm pretty sure if you if you listen very closely at the end of uh, Godzilla v Kong. When Kong goes back to the the center of the earth, you hear him say, "Kong is home." I need to say that. <laughs> That's a little reference to Planet, Planet of the Apes, the the, the most recent the Planet one. of the Apes, not the one yeah. with Charlton Heston. Yeah, but but hear me out, Christian. You know we've talked about this on previous episodes. Go check out our episodes on all the MonsterVerse movies. I think we've covered them all, but uh, uh, three of them. Yeah, yeah, three out of the, the four. But. Uh, you know, the worst part of those movies is always the human characters. And it, so this is, I think, simplification means addition. Cut out the human characters, and then you just get the monsters. You get the action, you know. It could be a silent film, but with monsters, because... Okay. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm in support of this idea, because I never go for the humans anyway. We always end up hating at least one human per movie. True. So the monsters, you know, just... Give give them their spotlight. Okay, I think you're going. You what you what you wanted to say was addition by subtraction and subtraction <laughs> of the humans is what you're going yeah. for. Okay, uh, that's what I meant to say. I think I said sub sub sub. sub I can't speak. Why do I speak? Sub <laughs> sub. Di, uh, I don't know. What's, you know, you what's didn't the say. Word? I don't know what you said at all. Subtraction. Was, that's the word. I couldn't bad. say the word subtraction. I was. I said subtraction means addition. I think is what I said. But yes. But that's what I meant to say. Thank you for clarifying for that. Clarifying gotcha. that. No, Christian. I just, want, just wanted to clarify there. Okay. What else we got? Moving on, uh, we got actually our first look of the Lord of the Rings show. Look, meaning we we got like a, a picture, <laughs> yeah. or I don't even know if it's a, a, a. I think it's a set photo. It's more. It looks like a, a majestic painting. But yeah, it's, a, it's still a first look of the Lord of the Rings show, looking uh, over some sort of valley. I don't even know if I would say fir first look. Uh, Look means like, oh, we're, we're getting a, a little bit of something that we can sink our teeth into, but this is really just like, if you didn't tell me this was Lord of the Rings, I could have been like, oh, that's a cool painting of a person. You know, I, it, yeah, it, it, it doesn't really like scream uh, but, Lord of the Rings. I mean, you, after, if you look at it, you're like, okay, yeah, I get it, but yeah. still. And it, it is a set photo. That it's, it's not a painting. It looks like a it painting. It does. It does. I think he's overlooking Minas Tirith. Can't really yeah. tell. I don't know. But yeah, it is supposed to be a... I don't actually, I think it's a prequel series. I, I think that's what it is. But the more important news from that is we got an official release date mm -hmm. for that series. It's uh, September 2nd of 2022. So roughly a year, a year from now is when it will be premiering. Trying to build the hype so early. So far away. Very, very early, yeah. They're building that hype, so. Mm -hmm. Moving forward, though, it's been, uh, looks like, uh, I think, actually... Official. I can't remember if this news was officially announced. I probably should have wrote this better down. Wrote this down better in my notes. But it looks like Miss Marvel will be pushed to 2022, early 2022. Once again, I can't remember where I found this piece of news. So Miss Marvel most likely 2022. Okay. 
delays. That's what it is. <laughs> but uh, this is, I think, interesting, semi-interesting news for all of us. It's uh, been announced that there is going to be a reboot, uh, a live-action reboot of the Ninja Turtle series I with SNL that. writer Colin <laughs> Jost to be uh, writing it. Well, so, I mean, obviously the first live-action reboots did not You mean the first two? Or, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Any live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has not been super successful, so, I mean... That means if you're looking at it as a, in a good movie-wise, it hasn't been successful, but if you look at the toy sales, they've been very successful. Yeah, so oh, maybe, yeah. maybe that's, what, that's the whole purpose behind it, but it, it's more... Um, if, yeah, I mean, they got low expectations, so if they can make anything good here sweet i'll, I'll be stoked because we all love the well, i know myself but i know generally we all love the teenage mutant ninja turtles at least the the tv series that we watched um, as kids they're the best mm-hmm. and you know if they can just make the ninja turtles not look like crap this time i think that would just be a huge step in the right direction <laughs> <laughs> i didn't think they looked terrible in the but new they, ones they, they but... look they look weird you look at it and you're like that doesn't exactly look like a ninja turtle well, they're mutants. <laughs> yeah, but like they That's added true. a bunch of weird muscles, and they all got like stuff duct taped to the back of them. I don't know. Yeah, it, just, it was a little, little too extra. Yeah, maybe. a different take for sure. So. And so I don't know. I feel like if you can just get them looking good, that that puts up my hopes significantly yeah. higher than they're already quick, pretty low. Quick thing for any of our true fans out there, you're welcome to watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles musical. Uh, that uh, actually existed <laughs> if you're looking to lose some brain cells. Did you um, watch it, TJ? Of course not, but oh, I knew okay. it. <laughs> the, but there's no other option while watching it. <laughs> yeah. It must be that. Uh, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, there's, they've been through the, the, through the wire, is that the phrase? No, through the ringer. The ringer. The ringer. They've been through the ringer with stuff. So, so they've been through the window. If they, were, <laughs> if they went through a wire, <laughs> uh, if they went through the wire, that would also... Be, be pretty tough too but we'll stick with ringer mm-hmm. moving on uh this is uh yeah we'll go to this piece of news it's been officially they've announced the you know dc is sorry I'm, I'm stumbling all over the place it was you know announced previously that there was going to be a blue beetle movie in production uh, uh at warner brothers mm-hmm. and it's been announced who has been cast as a uh, blue beetle I'm going to terribly mispronounce this, so apologize in advance. Zolo Morinduena, he is, uh, if you've watched Cobra Kai, he plays Miguel on Cobra Kai. But he has been officially cast as Blue Beetle for that movie. And they are doing another season of Cobra Kai as well. So it's going to be yep. four, four seasons now, I believe. Wow. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't just stop, you can't stop kids beating up each other with karate. Mm, it's never going to end. Especially when it's Johnny and... And Ralph Macchio going at it well, once again. They're just—it's just like it's a inevitable um, battle that will take place once again, over and over. And they're just—they're like the ultimate villain and hero. But in this time, one is the hero and villain have kind of switched. If you haven't, if you haven't <laughs> seen it, but all right, moving on. Uh, we got some, a bit of Marvel news. It's uh, now been rumored that there will be a Ghost Rider Disney Plus series. Um, this comes out from some of uh, the comments that uh, a producer at Marvel made and has led to speculation that we could be getting a Ghost Rider series in the future. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to see Nicolas Cage reprise his role as the <laughs> Ghost Rider. That's, I think that's what we'd all been waiting for. Actually, I was going to say the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he, he, I mean, if he did come back, that, that would be 
honestly just kind of hilarious, but. Well, we've got a multiverse now. Anything can happen. Yeah. <laughs> no one, no one's t- ever truly con. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, sorry. But see, that kind of ties in also with the multiverse to our next bit of news, also Marvel. It's talking about the TV show What If. You know, there's been a, mm-hmm. a lot of news about that lately. First off, it's uh, already been announced that there's a season two in development, and that should come out sometime around 2022, I mm-hmm. believe. But it's also been announced that What If is going to be just as important as any other Marvel TV show or Marvel thing that comes out. And the the creator of the series has talked about how some of the things that happen in What If could lead off into live action spinoffs. So what's going to happen, I think, in What If is going to be, I guess, more important than we thought originally it was going to be to the to the MCU. And it comes out... Doesn't it come out Next, the this week, the, the 11th, in three yeah, days? Yeah, the, mm-hmm. in three days we get our first episode. So it looks like we might have to to add talking about the, the what if talking about that each week. Each week, what if? Well, in our, uh, that's good because we're we're almost done with Bad Batch and it's been kind of a waste. So, uh, but we'll yeah. we'll get to that here <laughs> soon. <laughs> but uh, yeah, actually moving on to oh, I'll say that piece of news afterwards. Some Star Wars news. So they announced the the prices for. Uh, Disney's two-day uh, Star Wars experience, Galactic Star Cruiser. Do you want to hear some of the prices for how much it costs people to, to go to this two-day experience only? I'm guessing we're, we're breaking tens of thousands. Uh, no, not that much. I was say up, for, uh, upwards of five. Yeah, for, for two people, it's about 4,800 grand. And then for four people, it's uh, six grand. Wow. Man, okay, so if we pull our resources together, we should be able to <laughs> send half of a person. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> Man, that's what they we had our milk in that. I'm, not to say, I think it'd be cool. Like, we're, I know it's a lot of money, but I think it would be cool to do. No, that's that's what we got to make the goal of the podcast: to make enough money so that we can send each of us <laughs> to Star Wars yeah. Galactic Cruiser. Oh, that that would, that's true. It's so we do it. We do it for the we do it for the fans. <laughs> we we're gonna go uh, and do this so we can report on it to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> if that ever happens one day, which I probably doubt it would, unless like in ten years the price goes down, it probably. Well, hopefully, but. Christian will be a millionaire by then, and then can pay for our passage. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna rob every bank. <laughs> Las, Vegas, Las Vegas on the same on the night, same night at the at same, same time, time. <laughs> <laughs> about 40 the, yeah <laughs> so, anyways the, a reference to the how it should have ended for Ocean's Eleven yeah great one but yeah that's that's crap ton of money but I don't know Disney can charge anything because of nostalgia yeah it's powerful demand is high people underestimate the power of nostalgia Dwight Schrute so <laughs> that needs to be my but, my new my new tagline right there. But. There you go. Uh, this is, I guess, my last bit of news, which kind of works as a perfect way. Actually, actually, Christian, do you have any pieces of news you want to bring up? No. Or? Um, the only thing okay. I, I was really going to say was there was a, a guy in the Olympics uh, that had shaved his head in, into an arrow, a blue arrow, just like Avatar, and he won uh, the, the Olympic gold uh, as a windsurfer. So kind of cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> he he, he used his airbending yeah. to win. Everyone thinks it's just a joke, but no, he legit airbended to win the medal. No, that's all That's all I had. <laughs> okay, but the last piece of news that ties directly, it's a nice segue into us talking about the Bad Batch, is the Bad Batch has been renewed for a second <laughs> season, which I didn't think it was. Surpri- surprising. Very surprising indeed. Um, I, I didn't think there'd be enough demand for uh, a, a season two <laughs> to, to happen. Um, 
though I'm not sure there is. Yeah, you're right. There, there probably there probably isn't, but um, maybe they're trying to catch people like us uh, and be like, well, you know what? It, it didn't do so hot the first round, but we'll give them hope that it's going to be better the second round. However, we and that's why we gotta you know keep our, our Disney I just, Plus. I think my favorite is seeing the posers on social media, like the poser sites, where like, wow, like this one of Disney's best shows gets renewed for a second season, and I'm like. This better not be talking about the bad batch. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, because will, will I yeah. still watch it? Yeah, heck yeah. I mean, <laughs> we got, we got to. That's 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 what we're here for. So, um, but yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about episode fifteen of the Bad Batch. What are your guys' thoughts? Uh, good good episode. Uh, funny. Uh, Omega messes things up. Is um interesting there. Uh, again, we're getting something that. Uh, I kind of feel like this was going to be the finale anyways. Uh, did they build up to it in a way that works? No. So this is very forced, very rushed. Doesn't make much sense at all. And the big reveal that Crosshair uh, has not removed his inhibitor chip is not really like no, a no, big no. deal at all. That he, he has, has removed his... Or that he has <laughs> removed it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, wrong other way. Um, is not really that much of a big thing because yeah. we haven't really seen him hunt them down at all. We haven't seen them talk about how they should save Crosshair. Uh, there's been actually very little dialogue or character development at all. So, yeah, I will say I was uh, I I kind of like had suspected that he had he had kept his inhibitor inhibitor chip. Um, you just think back, or excuse me, uh, I, I messed it up too. That, removed that he had removed his inhibitor <laughs> chip. Uh, just because you think back originally when the inhibitor chips like go into effect, or when like Wrecker uh, hit his head and then he was attacking. Right, it it, it was just a different feel than how I feel like Crosshair goes about his, you know, his day to day. So, um, yeah, it wasn't that big of a, a surprise. Um, and yeah, the episode itself, like TJ mentioned, I, I, I felt was, yeah, was, was rushed, right? They just, uh, they were trying to build up to this, this climax of, of, uh, Crosshair facing off with, with the clones, um, or with, uh, you know, um, Force ninety nine, um, and so yeah, it just it didn't quite it didn't quite do it to me for me, and I, I'm just I'm not even super excited to see the the last the last episode. I feel like e even with you know Loki or with Wandavision or Mandalorian, right? The 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 season or not the season, but the episode before the season finale, uh, really is intriguing and it's like okay sweet I, i'm ex i'm still to see with loki um yeah L loki is not <laughs> not as much but um in, in some of the other ones you still you felt uh like you really wanted to watch that last episode that season finale and here i just uh mm, i don't have a ton of like desire to watch it i will but yeah yeah because i'm just like what are they gonna do they're just gonna are they kill, gonna kill crosshair they're gonna escape it, and it, there's just no again similar to some of the other shows i don't feel like there's any stakes here right now like they haven't built up to anything so if omega we don't lose if anything. omega gets then it would all be worth it it would be a, fan, a fantastic <laughs> season <laughs> no i couldn't even i couldn't even say that but um no i i enjoyed uh it's obviously it's not a huge twist that cross year revealed uh that he doesn't have his inhibitor chip but I think it still helps to, uh, it's still an interesting dynamic to be like, hey, we are soldiers. This is what we do. Why not do it for the Empire? I, I still enjoy that, d dis I guess, discussion between the Bad Batch and Crosshair. 
but still in, in the end it's still too little too late mm-hmm. but I, I still I think it's I still enjoyed also seeing though uh, I guess the destruction of Kamino that kind of answers like well why, no one else, why yeah. did no one else ever do cloning again in the galaxy because they killed all the they blew up the place where all the cloners were and but and my thought but was I know they, oh, they still took the scientists but uh go what were you gonna say yeah Christian? my thought would, would be just like oh no keep the facility and, and use it for the empire's resources but they just didn't want anything to fall into the wrong hands um so any hands that were not theirs but Mm-hmm. Right. But, and again, I, I was fine with that too. I just wish they had built up to it more because the only indication we had of this was um, like the episode at the beginning and then that one episode where they uh, saved Gregor and then everything else has just kind of been like. And why didn't, man, why didn't Gregor come with him? Maybe just because he'd, he'd been in prison but, for a while, but I'm like, he was injured. Yeah. He was injured. But yeah, I, mean, I guess that makes sense. But you know, to, to be honest, though, I am kind of glad it's getting the second season because I believe in redemption. And Star Wars is too. all about redemption. It's and so true. If you have a really crappy first season to get a good, really good second season, I, I can work with that. Yeah. I can allow it. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as this goes, yeah, there's not much to do besides, oh, yeah, they escape from Kamino and then probably have to kill Crosshairs. And that's an emotional moment. That's probably what's going to happen in the finale. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, I guess, no one else has any thoughts. No. Uh, that's it for nope. episode 15 of The Bad Batch. But we got to move into our topic, also Star Wars related. We said we'd cover this eventually. It's actually a throwback to one of our first episodes. But we're talking about the Knights of the Old Republic comic. So very different from the Knights of the Old Republic video game. While both are, are kind of taking place in similar timelines, I, I believe... This comic takes place about eight years before the Knights of the Old mm-hmm. Republic video game. There's, um, uh, it's, it's totally new characters that you, you haven't encountered before, um, though there's names and, and, and references of some of the characters from the Knights of, old, of the Old Republic video game, which is kind of cool. And then like old Sith Lord names, um, which is also kind of cool to see. Um, yeah, very, very different, but also just a, a very uh, intriguing old school comic um, that I remember reading. We'd, ac- we'd actually uh, got this comic book by accident, I believe. I ordered it. Really? Yeah. I, I ordered it thinking it was uh. something uh, totally different or, or I thought it was like talking more about uh, the video game or something like that. And I got, I'm like, this is not what I wanted at all. But I read it and <laughs> I was intrigued and I then got the next one. We got the next and we one kept and, going. We, and, we, and we read more. So that that's a, I think a sign of, of, um, uh, a good story when you have no intention of reading it um, and you're like, wait, this isn't what I wanted. So you're already kind of bummed. Then you read it and you're, you like it. So, mm-hmm. And uh, to give some point of context, it takes place like 4,000 years before the Battle of Yavin is uh, if you, for all you uh, official t- Star Wars people out there or nerds like us, because everything, BB. apparently the time, yeah, all, all the timeline is uh, apparently it's, before the Battle of Yavin and after the Battle of Yavin, which is very interesting that they chose to make the Battle of Yavin so crucial to understanding Star Wars timeline. Well, I think but, it's because, you know, everybody grew up on the fourth episode was we're prequel people. So we want to start with Anakin, yeah, like well, the birth of Anakin. Well, <laughs> Yavin is just like, that's all. That was the, the first of, of Star Wars, right? That's the Star Wars yeah. cool birthplace. This is, it makes sense, but it's just, it's funny how canonically how that's how they write it in all the Star Wars. Yeah, things. that's yeah. true. But, um. Somebody give us, uh, one of you give us, what's an introduction or what's the story about with Knights of the Old Republic and who are we really following with it? Um, TJ, you want to, or I, I was about to do it. Yeah, you... I, I, I could give it a shot. So Zane Carrick, I believe is his name. 
Correct. Yep. Is a is a Padawan, Padawan apprentice of the Jedi, and he comes back or he gets back late to a meeting that he's supposed to have with his other apprentice friends and their masters. A knighting, actually, where he would where he could have potentially been knighted to a Jedi with, along with oh, his, it is the knighting along That's with right. his fellow yep. Padawans. And uh, he comes back to see uh, all of his apprentices killed by his masters, um, and so. He gets blamed for the murders. He runs away. And the story is kind of him trying to figure out why did this happen, trying to kind of stop his masters uh, from killing him, obviously, and to stop the prophecy that they see of a Sith Lord coming and destroying the Republic. Yeah, it's all about just, yeah, Zane Carrick um, and his story um, after he he encounters uh, his master and and former Padawan uh, master's um, you know, killing their Padawans and it's, yeah, his story escaping them, um, and them trying to find him, them kind of working together against other, uh, other villains and, and, and other characters that are involved in this timeline. Um, and it's, just, yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of fun, but the main focus is around, uh, Zane Carrick, a character named Griff, who's kind of like this, this, uh, alien henchman that he's got. And then you have, um, con man. Yeah. He, he is a con man. Mastermind is what he likes <laughs> to say. Mastermind <laughs> genius. Um, but th- them too. And then other characters, they, they encounter on, on their adventures trying to, to escape. And then from, you know, Zane trying to, you know, clear his name as well. And something that not think- even you, Lucius. <laughs> Wait, why, why do you say that? The, sorry, there was a random, but the, his master's name is Lucius. So. No, no, it's no, Lucian. His master's name is oh, Lucius. Lucian. Dang it. Oh, yeah, it, my bad. Very, sorry, very guys, similar, I excited. And he gets yeah. very similar vibes. I will say, uh, Zane Carrick's yes, master, actually. his name is Lucian, and it's that the character in, in the story gives very similar vibes to uh, Harry Potter, Lucius Malfoy. But uh, <laughs> I think something that's interesting about Zane Carrick is He's kind of a, I would relate him to, to the Peter Parker of, of oh, Star totally. Wars in a sense. Yeah, totally. He's, uh, he's, he's kind of a failure at everything. He's kind of failing to be a Jedi. And it's like, oh, everyone's like, he's got a special relationship with the Force. But it's also kind of like, oh, he must suck at the Force. But <laughs> if you uh, can finish to the end of this comic, they actually explain it. of what, is the, what does it mean he has a special relationship to the Force? But when you kind of first meet him, he's kind of just bumbling around. He's like, maybe I'll get knighted. But I probably won't. But I think that creates... But he's got a, a heart of gold, just like Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah. But I think he has a really interesting dynamic as you go throughout this series and as he continues to, to grow as a character throughout. That's a good... That's but, a really good comparison, though. I would say Peter Peter Parker is a little, a little smarter, more naturally intelligent, but he's just kind of a, a quirky kid um, and, and always is in the wrong place at the wrong time. And he just never seemed to get never things to, to work out right and it's kind of the same thing with zane like he you know wrong place wrong time he kind of fumbles around uh both characters are uh you you really like them you're rooting for them they're happy good characters with a good heart but just things don't always seem to go their way but they have some some cool power mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh moving forward let's uh, let's talk about the plot then so we, he kind of gets this his masters have murdered his apprentices and he's supposed to be murdered because they believe in this prophecy. But kind of what do you guys think about, I guess, the, this whole arc of he's being on the run, hunted by his masters because of this, this prophecy that they foresaw? Well, I mean, it's, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting concept because it goes to like this, throughout the story, it's like, well, 
if his masters didn't kill the Padawans, then nothing that happens uh, later on in the story would have come to pass. If they, if they had seen this vision, not done anything, um, everything would have been okay. Well, maybe not everything would have been okay, but a lot of things would have turned out differently and you wouldn't have Zane going around and, and, and him being chased. And then later on, spoiler alert, some of the, the masters die. Um, not really even by the, the hand of Zane, but just they, they just die. None of them by the hand of Zane. <laughs> yeah. They, Zane, in, in this, he never kills anyone throughout this entire series. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So it's... He has a Batman kind of idea, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No killing. But it, it's kind of, it goes to the thing, well, if this hadn't, if you hadn't started it, none of this would have, would have even happened. But it, 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 I think the, the big thing is, you know, there are these, these master Jedis and there are these seers and they're like, well, they wanted to take action because had they not, uh, or in, in a previous uh, previous timeline, um, had a master uh, taken action, horrible things would have happened. Exarchon uh, was this terrible Sith Lord, and if his master had uh, mm. f- seen the prophecy or seen the the vision that that he or she had, and then killed Exarchon, then all of these terrible things would have happened. So. Um, it's just kind of, it's, it's tough. Obviously you can't justify killing, killing the Padawans. That's some, some Anakin, uh, bad news, Anakin, Darth Vader stuff right there. <laughs> um, but it, it leads to a very intriguing story. I think that's something I like about it or, or something that I liked. And let me just, I guess I should clarify this because that's the main storyline and then, but they wrap it up and then it keeps going, which is something that, I didn't like as much. I didn't like anything after it wrapped up the main storyline. I'm like, this is just kind of filler. Uh, I wish they had wrapped it up during it kind of thing. But I really appreciate it about this series is that it's very, it actually kind of follows a Knights of the Old Republic video game kind of style where, you know, he goes along, has a bunch of different companions, but then these companions also have different side stories and different kind of like uh, back plots uh, Mm -hmm. that they work through kind of sometimes together before like they go to the main storyline as well. So like mm-hmm. you learn about like more about Griff's background a little bit or about Slisk or Rohan, the Mandalorian. And so it, it, I really like that idea of tying in multiple stories with this overarching and, narrative. And multiple villains too. It, it, it reminds me a lot of the yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles where you have a main villain like the Shredder, but then you also have a lot of really bad dudes as well. Um, like the, the, the Triceraton, you have Bishop, etc. Um, so in, in this as well, they, Zane, you know, goes along and he's, uh, he, he's with Griff and with some of the other characters, but then, you know, they, they encounter, um, the Mandalorians. The, yeah. The Mandalorians, obviously you have, uh, Mandalore, the, the greater whatever, right? So the leader of Mandalore, because you have the Mandalorians, uh, fighting the, the Republic at this time. So, so they're really bad. Then you have mm-hmm. the one Admiral who's trying to control the space worms, right? So he, he can have total power. You have uh, the, the the creatures and, and terrorists, and then you have the Sith talisman who, who a Mandalorian gets taken over by, and then he's really bad. And then so there's there's a lot of these other cool villains that are are merged throughout the story. So it's not just like one. Okay, yes, Zane is running away from uh, his evil uh, Jedi masters, and and that's it um, the entire time. Yeah, that's that's involved in it and, it and it ultimately comes back to that. But there's a lot of cool stories in between that uh, are, are very, enter- very entertaining. Mm-hmm. I think it is for, as far as universe building the, this storyline includes a lot of unique things and a lot of interesting things. Like for example, you learn like the Mandalorians we get in uh, this comic are a lot different from the Mandalorians that we've seen, you know, later on down the oh, line. Yeah. 
you know, their their culture is a lot different. Very, but it's also warrior like, totally warrior yeah. destroy, mm-hmm. um, conquer. It's kind of like the the height of their powers, the Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. But it's very unique, and I think their armor is something I really like, even though it's completely different from normal Mandalorian armor that we're used to. It's still very interesting. But you also get so many different alien races that I think are very complementary to the Star Wars universe and don't really feel out of place. But I think it, it builds upon a lot of the the essential ideas of Star Wars in a very positive way that is very interesting to see. I think one of them being is family, because in, <laughs> uh, this, in this time you get to the Jedi Order is very different from the Jedi Order that we get to know in the, the originals and the prequels, you know. The, the Jedi aren't refrained from physical restra- restrations. Uh, you know, they can have families. And that's kind of one of the, the big time thing is the you, you're learning later on. This is a spoiler, but kind of if you read the first volume of comics, like the first five issues, it, it sums up all this. But the counselors, uh, all the Jedi, uh, all the Jedi masters that murdered the apprentices are part of this secret Jedi cabal that is trying to prevent the rise of another Sith because, mm-hmm. you know, Exar Khan, as Christian has talked about, was uh, you know a rogue Jedi that started the Great Sith War, and because of that, that led to so much, uh, I death. guess, you know, death and destruction. Yeah. <laughs> so much death, <laughs> but also just like the loss of so much Jedi. And so, uh, the, the I guess the main antagonist, <clears throat> sorry, <coughs> uh, Lucian, uh, his mother uh, started this cabal, and basically started. She was a Jedi that started training her own Jedi. And kind of went that, that's where kind of this cabal or this kind of schism in the, the Jedi Order, like they're all loyal to her and what she believes. And that's why she put the four counselors together. But it's just, I think it was very interesting to see like, you know, why the Jedi moved toward what they did. Because without kind of the, the strict guidelines that the Jedi mm-hmm. have, like not being able to train, only training people when they're at birth, not letting them have, uh, getting married and things like that. You get things like this, you get the more rogue Jedi that turn Sith and cause great destruction, or you get cabals that kind of lead to so much more infighting and the loss of so many people. I thought it was a really interesting concept where you have so many different things within the Jedi and so many different elements. They're like, wait, this wasn't yeah, a like thing. Guys but, like Alec you know, too, right? Him and his Jedi master mm-hmm. who are these kind of like, yeah, more rogue Jedi, um, just doing their own things, even separate from the Jedi cabal and separate from the Jedi council and separate from Zane. So it, it really innates... You, know, you said it perfectly. It's really setting up kind of the function of why the Jedi are the way they are later down the line and what we see in the movies. But that's I, what I think I really like about it, is just those introduction of these things, uh, but also introduction of characters that aren't the main focus. For example, we get Alec, who ends up being Malak, who's, you know, the bad guy of um, Knights of the Republic, the video game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, his master, Revan. Uh, we also get, spoiler alert, Lucian, who... Uh, for all the secret cabal's work to stop a Sith Lord, ends up he ends See, up becoming. Wait, is he not? He is not Darth Sion. So I looked this up. Oh, this is trash. So, uh, like in, in one of the later issues, like when another when one of the, like the main bad guys is revealed, he's like, "Oh, you're gonna be my apprentice. What would you be your name? Like Darth this Darth or Sion. Darth Sion?" I, I saw that and. And so, uh, see, that's the thing. I'm like, oh, so he must become Darth Sion in Knights of the Old Republic too. I looked it up. He is Narth, not Darth Sion because Darth Sion is the Lord of Pain. That's a different guy, but that's mm-hmm. a path he could have chosen to become. But that's what the ending of that volume is supposed to be, is that he rejects being like, I'm not going to be someone's pawn. I'm going to make a choice and reject what destiny has told me to be. So um, You're my destiny. So it's, 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 <laughs> it's density. So it... it, it 
it's more of a it's more of a nod to that rather than saying he becomes later on this. Oh, I see. Which is good. And that that's a nice theme that I like throughout it. So like as we go throughout it, you know, kind of the more hardcore masters who are like, we did nothing wrong in killing our apprentices, uh, they die off. Um, <laughs> they, they, they also saw their own deaths. Yeah, they That's, see their own deaths. Because, but they're, they're like, I'm thinking of the blue one and the, the, the uh, what's her name? The shock tea gal. Uh, the shock uh, tea gal, yeah. <laughs> they, both, they both die, because, but they were like really punks. And so they kind of yeah, somewhat deserved they were, it. They were, yeah, they were kind of mean. They were the mm-hmm. worst. But then the other ones, like... Rana, Rana Tay, that's mm-hmm. her name. Rana Tay, yes. Rana Tay and Felk. And Felk. Or Fen- Felk, or, not Fennec, but it starts yes. with an F. I think it's Felk. But then, like, the others, you know, as time goes on, they're kind of like, you know, their guilt gets to them. Like, the green guy, I can't remember his name. Exmar. It's X-A-M. Exmar, yeah, that's it. It's like, wait, guys, we killed our Padawans. We have to confront this. And then the the blind girl, um, who's later, what's her name again? Uh not Quinlana, but it starts with a Q. Quinlana, Quiana, Quiana, I think, um, is also like, is like, yeah, maybe we did do wrong. Whereas Lucian is like, kind of in the middle of all of it because he's the leader of it, and so he has to eventually come to terms. Like, wait, we did kill them, and so there, that's it. Is a nice conclusion. I like hearing that that he doesn't become bad. That he eventually is like, okay, we did the wrong thing, um, and need to uh, atone for that in some ways. Sorry, I was just looking at. I'm looking back at just some of the. I have the actual, we have the actual copies of the, the comics in front of us. And one thing that I, I, I mentioned um, or wanted to mention and was a little confusing at first is if you look at the, uh, the actual pictures of some of the different characters, they're different throughout the, uh, different throughout the comics. And so at one point I'm like, wait, who is this character? This is like a new character. And then all of a sudden I realized it was Zane or I realized it was Jarrell. But I think that's one, one kind of one cool thing when you're looking at some of the comics, aside from the actual story part of it, is when you jump into the actual pictures of it and and seeing how the different uh, the different illustrators uh, show all the different characters uh, in their cool ways and showing the the emotions and um, just uh, the the action sequences uh, of all. I just wanted to point out and thought it was a, a very cool part of reading this. I do got to say I do enjoy some art styles a lot more than yes. others. Yeah. Some art, there's some art styles and I'm like, I don't know, nothing out to the artist, but I'm like, I'm not enjoying how you drew this character versus like, I think the, the one that the, the artist that started it or did the first volume, I really liked his art because it, it felt, uh, it fit a little more for me. Very but, realistic. Mm-hmm. But the, yes, cartoony. You do, you, you do get a, a lots of varying art styles because this ran for like 50 issues from like 2006 to 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, I will, um, as far as criticisms go, yeah, some of those art styles, not as much, uh, basically everything past the wrapping up of Zane's story. I'm just kind of like, what are we doing? Like, what is this? I mean, there's some, there's some cool ideas in there that I like, but I'm kind of like, I started this because of Zane's story. And when that got wrapped up, I didn't really want to keep going. Um, but then probably the other kind of major criticism that I had was, but it kind of worked as well is the, the big bad guy who who it shows up at the end. Yeah, he doesn't show up until the very end. And See, that's, I think that's what's annoying about it to me. But makes sense. The the thing, because uh, I hadn't reread this in a while, he does appear in the earlier issues. Oh, yeah. and, and he appears actually a, a few different times in the earlier issues. Each time you read about it, there's hints towards it mm-hmm. each time, which is something I didn't catch around the first time. It is a little bit su- sudden that you're like, wait a second. 
he just he, he does kind of he, he you know announces himself at the very end but if you look throughout it's actually a pretty good building up to it and seeing the little hints of like wait a second something feels off here because that was something i think i appreciated a lot more about this series is the actually if you you can see the build-ups a lot more through a bunch of little lines because i think previous times i'd read this i'd skimmed more than i'd read but this time i kind of sat down and read out everything and they actually build a, upon each other really well for re- reveals later down the line. But I, I can agree it does feel, feel a little sudden. But like, I think kind of if you're able to comb through this or kind of just be able to sit down and read it rather than just skim, it's still pretty interesting to see the little ways that they nod at the future. Because there's actually quite a bit of foreshadowing that you're like, huh, I didn't see this the first time. Yeah, I will say, yeah. I guess it, I'm did, just, it did a good job. With it. It. it was still, uh, I'd say, a little... Not like a ton of foreshadowing, but little bits here and there um, where you're like, oh, who's kind of this side character who's always in the cloak, who's talking to Lucian. And, and um, then all of a sudden at the, at the end, he kind of turns out to be the bad guy. And um, obviously, uh, had this been done like by, um, I don't know, a lot of people and maybe in the current Star Wars universe, I think it would have, you know, failed utterly, um, though I don't I don't <laughs> mind um, how it did play out uh, at the very end with with kind of the reveal of the villain and kind of showing him pulling the strings, it almost Senator Palpatine and, and Darsidious, uh, like, um, not, not quite obviously to that level with, um, all the politics and politicians and Senate stuff and whatnot, but still, uh, I think pretty cool. Yeah. And I, I, I think you're just kind of, or at least I'm just kind of used to that whole, like, you know, showing, uh, the big bad guy, but cloaked so you don't know who it is. Whereas in this case, it's like, you don't realize it till the very end. But it also really works for the story because he's not supposed to be the ultimate Sith Lord. He's, as he says himself, he's like, I'm not Sith and I'm not um, Jedi. Jedi. I'm something in between. And so it really, because he's not supposed to be the big bad guy of Knights of the Republic. There's a lot of other big bad guys like Revan and Malak or uh, uh, Vichy or whatever the guy's name is. Vichyate. Vichyate. And so it's kind of cool that like, He's a very subtle, not really the big bad guy, but bad enough to to cause a lot of problems. Though not as many problems as I was hoping for. Well, like I never after the last one, I don't really feel like he's about to take over the galaxy kind of thing. It's just more like he's like, haha, I I did a lot yeah, of bad I mean, stuff. Yeah, he <laughs> caused a, if looking at it, he caused tons of destruction, and he was the villain that the masters saw in their original prophecy. Without kind of led to everything. So I, I, I do like it because sometimes sometimes you when you know who the villain is right from the get go, then it, it, I don't know. It's just yeah, it's not as not as fun, right? Where leaving it to last minute, it's 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 intriguing. You're like, oh, it was this guy the entire time, and and you're always trying to pin the like all the bad stuff on on one guy. Like I was always pinning it on 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 Lucian, right? And I'm like, oh, this is the big bad guy. But then oh no, wait he was being manipulated as well. So I, I really did enjoy that, uh, that part of it though. I will say uh, the, the ultimate villains reign was, was very, very short. <laughs> so uh, that was maybe <laughs> mm-hmm. something that uh, I, I thought could have gone a little differently, but uh, I guess along with that kind of how we talked about, they, they explored upon more of the ideals of the Jedi. I also really enjoyed how they explored the Sith throughout this as well. Because a lot of it has to do with like this cabal was obsessed with not letting the Sith return. Mm-hmm. But in spite of but in spite of trying not to let the Sith return, they also exactly do that, which is let the <laughs> Sith return. But they, they they meddle in so many different things about the Sith and kind of the the Sith culture 
because there's so many different artifacts that they've been collecting throughout the years and kind of just like almost like shadowy ways of what they do is almost considered like Sith-like or paths that Mm -hmm. lead to the dark side. But I thought that was a very intriguing way of being able to also show the other side of like, this is kind of like, this is why there's a lot of reasons why people fear the Sith. And it's like the Sith can cause so much destruction with so little of power, which I thought was really interesting. The artifacts were a cool part of it, right? So yeah. the 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 main villain, um, and I just called his name, it was Hazen. Um, Hazen? Hazen? Yeah. Hazen? I don't know no, how to say it. Yeah, <laughs> I just kind of read it as, as yeah, Hazen. Hazen. He really was able to gain the power that he had through all the Sith artifacts. At the very end, his body has a ton of different Sith, ar- Sith artifacts kind of uh, welded mm. uh, into him, right? Because he was he was really just and, a, a failed Jedi um, originally. Yes. Even worse than Zane. So <laughs> he, he didn't have the ultimate power, but with the Sith artifacts that were collected, he, he became powerful. But uh, and, and he, I think he, you nailed it really well. It's kind of like, wait, what the heck? How, how did he get all these artifacts in the first place? But it was, it was this, you know, Jedi cabal that was gathering it, trying to say, Oh, we're, we're totally against the Sith. Um, but it, in doing so, it, it really led the path for, for this guy who technically isn't Sith, but led for Hazen to, to even come about. Mm-hmm. And something I want to point out is like, cause he's hideous, he's hideously deformed because he survived the giant bomb in, uh, the, the, murder the great Sith war. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, the reason he was able to take over, because they talked about like in his back is a Sith artifact that uh, changes the perceptions of what people think about you. And so one of the reasons he is able to do so much is because no one realizes what he is actually doing because he has a Sith artifact that mm-hmm. kind of messes with how people think of you, which is something I, I didn't see the first it, time. And he did orchestrate uh, Lucian to get a lot of power um, also within like the council um, is what something that I read as well. I'm like, oh. Uh, he was obviously manipulating Lucian the entire time, but if Lucian didn't do the things that he did, he wouldn't, the Hazen wouldn't have been able to have the power that he had. So there was that manipulation as well, which was very Senator Palpatine, Darth Sidious like. Mm-hmm. And that's, what's really cool about in this, in it original thing, which we get from the video games, but not, and we really haven't got anything from it except for that horrible reference to like a Sith knife in episode <laughs> oh, yeah. nine, but like um, Sith artifacts and Sith, ghost sith magic like this is a really big part of knights of the old republic and it's something that uh, we haven't seen in any of the mainstream movies and that at least in the video games uh that was a super fun thing where you're like oh wait you got this guy's sword but his ghost was alive so you have to deal with that or like you have that ancient sith talisman that can uh turn everybody into the uh rackles and then control them and so and then control that and so it's just Really cool ideas and themes, which you don't see anywhere else. And, you know, I really hope that they would eventually do that on the big screen, but that you get to uh, just really excites you in, in this. In and this and you really, it's tough to do it in the movies, right? That's that's the cool thing about the comics and something that we've mentioned, I think, previously in, in the comics that we've talked about um, is you can you can just do a lot. Um, and it seems totally, totally cool while you're doing it within the comics. You're like, oh yeah, you can do these Sith artifacts and you can do these crazy fights and these crazy creatures. Um, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, going back to illustrations and, and the drawing of it all makes sense just because it, it's a comic. So, uh, I enjoy the liberties that, uh, they're able, that the, the writers are able to do, uh, in, in the comics that you can't always do, um, as successfully or, or it hasn't been done as successfully, uh, in the movie though. I, I believe people can do it right. Like if, 
for example, those Knights of the Old Republic trailers that I'm obsessed with and I always like to talk about. They did it there. I'm sure they could uh, do that into do that into a movie. But obviously, it started first in the comics or and kind of you know in the video game where they're able to create these cool ideas and make them happen in a way that is exciting to the fans. Switching gears for for a little bit, what do you guys think about? I guess all of the crime that Zane commits. Uh, <coughs> With uh, with Griff and kind of his his other path in life, which he kind of ends up doing after this this main story Jedi arc is closed. I think I mean it's all right. It's very just like okay, you gotta gotta make ends meet, and as a former Jedi, like you're going to be very successful at whatever you want to do. Actually, <laughs> which I'm surprised more people don't leave the Jedi Order, which again might be why they indoctrinate you as a from. As a baby, because if you realize you're force sensitive later on, you can accomplish a lot of things. Um, but it's just kind of like it, it, it makes sense, so to speak, um, even though it's not really as exciting as, as the main story. I, I enjoy Griff as a character. I think he's a fun character um, and he has a pretty major role uh, throughout the comic from the beginning. Right. It's Zane who's kind of chasing him right at the very beginning. And then uh, due to him chasing uh, Griff and trying to get him captured, uh, that led him to be to be late to the the knighthood where he stumbles upon you know his uh, his masters who have uh, killed uh, his fellow Padawans right so um, and then him him and Griff just tag team you know the entire time and he has that he's he's the scoundrel right he's the scoundrel of the story um, and and you need that scoundrel for y- the the humorous the comic relief the the creativity right uh, Griff wants to kind of be this this big bad uh, gang member dude and. And he's kind of only seen as just like this uh, side, small, small yeah, time, small crook. time crook, exactly. But then later on in the story, you know, he's able to uh, rise and be kind of be the 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 big dog leader of of one of the gangs that's present in Terrace. And so um, I do enjoy their their interactions and their relationship together. Obviously, very different types of characters, but I I think this was a uh, Griff was a, a must need character in Knights of the Old Republic. And I also think with, with the crime, I think it adds a humorous element that is very much needed because otherwise it'd be really depressing <laughs> oh, yeah. all the time. Not that it isn't yeah. sad because <laughs> there is there is a lot of sad moments throughout the, the storyline. But I think the, the humor, it's, it's the wacky hijinks in Star Wars that I think a lot of times people don't always realize you can do in Star Wars. Because I think a lot of times, you know, we get caught up in the lightsabers, we get caught up in the action, the force. That's like Star Wars is also a really fun time. And I think with the, the crime side of it, and kind of, I think it's also, like, yeah, the crime side of it, and it's also very important to Zane's character arc, is that, like, you know, being able to use trickery and kind of just use, uh, I guess, I guess criminal ways to kind of get what you need at the moment is not only a lot of fun, but also adds to Zane's character arc of being like, hey, I can still, a Jedi is not just being able to use a lightsaber really well and use the Force really well. You know, there's other elements that are still very important to, you know, being a Jedi or even just getting around the galaxy. Because that's something that's talked about throughout. It's like, you know, Zane tricks or is able to beat his masters in a lot of different ways that before they're like, he's a failed Jedi. He sucks. And the, the thing I kind of mentioned earlier is like, he has a learning disability is, is what they say more towards the end. It's like, yeah, I'm a, I had a learning disability, so I wasn't very good at things at first. And my master just kind of saw it as failure. And so that's why they kind of wrote him off as him sucking <laughs> all the time. But just because he had a a learning disability doesn't that mean he wasn't capable because he shows himself to, I think, to be very capable oh, throughout many different instances throughout uh, this storyline. But I think another thing that I really enjoy about seeing just like the criminal aspects of in this in this comic book 
is it also shows you a, a lots of different sides of the galaxy that you don't normally get to see. You know, when you get caught up with the Force and things, which I think is probably the most popular oh, yeah. aspect of Star Wars, you also forget about all the scoundrels, all the scum, all the villainy the that villainy. happens throughout uh, the, the galaxy. <laughs> and so <clears throat> I think being able to also have these, these side storylines where they're like, oh, we need to get this, or they're pulling off these cons, I think is still an interesting part mm -hmm. to see more parts of the galaxy that we don't always get to see. And then you get to see different characters or different alien races that you're like, oh, you only mm -hmm. see in these circumstances. So I think it adds another oh, element definitely. of really diverse, diversifying the galaxy in Star Wars and being able to explore different aven avenues rather than, oh, you're a Jedi or and you're a Sith. Yeah, I was going to say, note to the hidden backs, right, that they incorporated into this that were also <laughs> on the, the Knights of the Old Republic uh, video game. Yeah, and Mission. So uh, just little things. I, I like those, those combinations where you're like, oh, yeah, if you played the game, you're familiar with these characters. But sorry, TJ, cut you off. Yeah, the, the humor is a good point, I think, because I feel like the only the most successful Star Wars humor characters have only been droids <laughs> up to this point. Like the originals, it's C three PO and R two. Hey, we got an, we got an and, HK. And, we got an HK forty seven in here too. Is yeah, get an HK, um, and then you have K in Rogue One. But this one's really nice. Is that uh, it's the banter between kind of Griff uh, wanting to be kind of bad uh, and Zane wanting to be good. Um, that plays off really nicely to. Uh, you do some fun moral questions, but also some funny situations where sometimes Griff has to be good or Zane has to do something bad. And so it's that's it's a nice respite, I think, as Nate said. Well, we covered uh, well, we covered it pretty good here. What, any other last thoughts yeah. on Knights of the Old Republic? I don't think so. Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm just trying to think if there's just one last thing I want to talk about. Um, we, we could probably even dive into the Mandalorians even more because there's, there's, there's a lot of interesting things about the Mandalorians and it continues to explore with one of the main characters also being a Mandalorian. Right. But I don't think we have enough time. Yeah, I'm sure that, we did talk about Roland at uh, all or not. We didn't hardly mention. Uh, I don't even think we mentioned Gerald. <laughs> no, no, we didn't. And she's great. Yeah. They, they like TJ said, there's lots of characters out there that have their own stories that kind of after kind of Zane's story wrapped up that they continue to explore, continue to, to show what happens after it. But I guess if I, if I had to say one thing about the Mandalorians, it really shows off their warring side and shows how powerful the Mandalorians could be, although be it different from the Mandalorians we have now. But I still think that's, it's a really interesting way that they explore the Mandalorians in the early Republic versus later they on could, in life. They could, way more they could have been the conquerors of, of the galaxy, really. It was either, hey, Terrace is getting, getting uh, totally like, shifted and, and and the power of the jedi isn't there anymore and then boom all of a sudden the mandalorians come right so the mandalorians and the sith were were i feel like they were the big the big power hubs uh, that people had to fear yeah mm -hmm. and so it's 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 really interesting and really cool but uh i guess uh we should move on to our ratings yeah then. yeah let's do it so I'll, I'll give two separate ratings i can start if we're including the whole series I'm going to do 7 out of 10 because I really think everything after that 6th volume just it feels super filler just kind of like oh we get we want to keep things going not very intriguing storyline um and I didn't really care for it but if we're just doing the first 6 I'll I'll, I'll give it a I'll give it a yeah mm, dang it I'll do 7.5 I'll be a little more judicial here um a lot of great stuff in here Great story, really good characters and stuff. Sometimes I just felt like it could be 
a little slow. And, you know, some of the artwork or some of the things were a little too, I'm like, eh, let, let's keep moving forward. And I wasn't as intrigued with some of the side stories as, as I could have been. But uh, definitely worth a read, I would say. Yeah, for me, I'll give it a, a 4.2. Um, really enjoy reading this. Uh, I remember back, like, like I'd mentioned before, uh, you know, getting it um, as probably just a teenager and reading through it and being very intrigued and wanting to read more. Um, very cool artwork story. I think they, they have some fantastic detail um, and, and dialogue within the comic that's maybe a little more uh, in-depth than, than a normal comic might give you, um, especially some, some of the older school comics. So I appreciated that. Very cool stories. Um, and overall, I thought uh, very entertaining. For me, I'm, I'm going to give a, you, you should read this. Not, not as, it's not a have or a need. Because that's the thing. There's, I would say, there is a lot of great elements in this. But like TJ said, it can be slow at times. And I would kind of agree that after volume six, it, it loses, I think, a lot of its punch and pizzazz. Because, you know, the, the main storyline is wrapped and it's like just kind of tying up loose ends, I feel like. So that's not as good. And even there's some stories in like, I would say, volume. I didn't really like volume five that much. I thought it was kind of weak. That's fair. I don't know. Mm. Like it, it adds to the overall story, but I didn't enjoy that as much. But I would say volumes one and two, hands down, are really, really yeah, good. I, they're yeah. they're really amazing. They they hit you with a lot of great moments. They it tells it's starting to build up for this bigger story. So volume one and two are amazing, and volume three and four are pretty good. But then five is only all right, and six is good, but has some some moments I don't love. But overall, I think it's it's a really good storyline. It adds a lot of things to the Star Wars universe that I think are really interesting and are, are really cool. Obviously, it doesn't hit on every moment. For the, but for the most part, I would say you should read this, especially if you're a Star Wars fan and you're like, I want something different and new. This is definitely for you. But talking about in general, it's like I think this is the era of Star Wars that I would like to explore next in film or in TV shows, at least, because, you know, we've kind of been in this vibe of we get we, we had the sequels but we're like basically we do between like prequels to uh return of the jedi that's mm -hmm. kind of the era or a little bit after return of the jedi we've been stuck in but i would love to see an era of the old republic or see some of these ideas adapted to the screen because that's what i think is going to be the most interesting to come next for star 100 wars 100 agree 100 agree i'm I looking agree. forward to it if it does happen well uh now that we've done our review, should I finish us off with the, with the quote once more? One more quote. Play it once again. Quiet down, people. My name is Mr. Abignail. That's Abignail, not Abignali, not Abignali, but Abignail. Now, somebody please tell me where you left off in your textbooks. Excuse me, people. If I need to ask again, I'm going to write up the entire class. Take your seats. All right, that's the quote again, and that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate you out there. If you want a chance to get a shout-out on our podcast, you can do that by following us on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, at Quotes and Stuff Pod. If you DM us guessing the quote before we reveal it, we'll give you a shout-out. If you want to reach out to the show, you can do that through Gmail. That's at QuotesAndStuffPod at gmail.com with questions or any of your any suggestions of things you would like us to cover. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see, see you ya. next time. Adios.